All right, welcome back to another episode of the School of Why podcast. I'm joined here with Sterling Hawkins, who is a total badass. Uh, just got to meet him in person this week in Detroit. Uh, totally unexpected. Um, so welcome to the show, Sterling. Thanks, Frankie. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, you know, your kind of slogan is kind of the no matter what thing. And I noticed you were getting the crowd to kind of chant that. You're not going to make me <laughs> chant that, are you? Not till the end, at least. Not we can till get the into end. Some no first. matter what. Yeah, let's get inspired first. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I I forget. We must have met through the Impact 11 uh, network. Must, something. must have been. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love talking with people that are really out there trying to push the envelope, learn more about, you know, who they are. The, you've, everybody's got a story, right? So give us a little bit of, about your story. I, I know I learned a little bit this week that I didn't know. Um, just about your tech background, kind of your failures and all that, and how that ended up creating your, <laughs> at least you got a great talk. Um, I don't know how you're, <laughs> I don't know how much you enjoyed it, but you've got a great talk. So that's good. So tell it, us about it, how, it, what led you to It that. was, it was rough, man. I mean, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't wish discomfort on anybody. I mean, my new book's called Hunting Discomfort. So most often people come up to me and they're like, Sterling, look at my bank account, my business, my relationships. Like, I don't need any more discomfort i'm surrounded with. <laughs> i don't need to hunt this right and, and my answer is always the same which is you're not hunting with discomfort you're living with it and and probably rationalizing and reasoning why you have it in any area of life and that's really where i started i mean i, I started a tech company with my bat my dad back in gosh i think it was 2003 2004 yeah and we sold it to a group in silicon valley where it became part of this huge conglomerate that was like the Apple pay before Apple pay. And it was an incredible experience. I mean, I've worked with some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I mean, the guy that ran technology was like a, an ex brain surgeon that got into neural networks and AI wow. and all these things. Incredible. And we were really successful starting out because the technology was amazing. Was this, nothing... this, so this was the pay deal, right? That's right. Yeah. It was, so you just ended up, like you Apple were pay. able to sell it. So we sold it to retailers. What it was is like a little okay, fingerprint you're not, sensor. Yeah, you're saying that you sold it to customers, That's not right. to a, you know Facebook or something. Well, we sold my company to this group, and then I okay. became part of this thing. Okay, gotcha. And it was and just you, like Apple kept Pay, like but, a, but in you kept the a retail stake store. in it, right? Did you keep a oh, stake? Yeah, yeah, yeah huge so stake. It, there there was a little cash involved, but most but of it was, it was uh, needed to play. sell. Okay, so you needed this thing to 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 win. Exactly. Uh, okay. And not Great. just sell. Like we raised five hundred and fifty million dollars as part of this wow. thing. So selling really wasn't an option. It had to go public to pay back. Wow. Um, okay. At least in any meaningful way. And you know, it's like living a scene out of Wolf of Wall Street, where there's models in the office, parties at the Four Seasons, seven hundred yes. people, offices all over the world. Kind. Like, oh, that's great! That's great. It it, that. it was a blast. Uh, yeah, see, I was in the mortgage business back before it like crashed, so I, yeah. I had like a you know more like a southern version of that. That it wasn't probably as cool as Silicon Valley at the time, but same concept. Yeah, I mean, you, you're riding high. And at the time, I don't know how it was for you. But at the time, I've got like these plans where I'm going to retire, buy an island, crown myself the next yeah. Steve Jobs, you know? Yeah, exactly. like I've got this vision. Yeah, you've got it all. And it's all on your vision board, too, right? Because you've already watched the exactly. secret. You've got this thing nailed down is it just attract all this. And we're just going to put the universe on notice. You know what I'm saying? You're going to manifest yeah. like a mofo, as uh, Scott Bloom would say. Okay, so let yeah. me ask you this. Okay, why, yeah. why you're telling me this. 
How old were you when all this was going on? Uh, we sold my company when I was 22. Okay, perfect. Yeah, to, because 20, the climax of thinking that you're untouchable and that you're going to take over the world is at 24 and a half, in my experience. Oh, yeah. Right? For yeah, me, so I was, was right well, next to spot. Actually, 26 and a half was my moment. But like yeah. right in there, 24, 25, 26, that's when you still believe like you, maybe you could be the next American Idol. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you haven't really got the grips of like, you're looking around, you're like, why isn't everybody a billionaire? This is so right. easy. This is ridiculous. Everybody. Yeah, I've got business figured out. This will be one of like I don't 10 know. unicorns. Yeah, I'm, what is hard of? What is wrong with these other people? It's so easy. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, dude, that you're telling my story. Okay, so here you yeah. are, the Silicon Valley, Wolf of Payment, Wall Streets. And you're, you got to go public. What yeah. happens? What goes wrong? Because I already know that it goes wrong because I saw your slide that just had all these headlines of you going bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. It went south and it didn't like go south a little bit. It was like all of a sudden one day, the promise of new investment that we had coming in. Yeah. Fell apart. The guy that the CEO of this company had control of the board refused to give up control of it, which was one of the stipulations of another, I think it was 200 million coming in. And that very quickly led to the So that downfall. one decision was a huge part of it. That guy yeah, not being willing to like, like get on board. Yeah. You could pin it on that, but in retrospect, there were a lot of things. Yeah. Right? Of and, course. Were you, you were know, you guys the, too early? I don't think it was too early. I think we grew a too fast from um, mm -hmm. company infrastructure standpoint for the organic growth to keep up with it. Yeah. Half a billion dollars will do that to you. Right. I mean, it's the fact is, right. is like you didn't get to go through the stages where you're like starving and eating ramen and, and trying to do all that stuff that, that kind of gives you that grit, that character. You just kind of, right. it was all there. Yeah. That's, that's right. tough. I can't imagine. I would have totally effed that up. Well, it, and there were all these big hitters, like the number five guy at IBM, the former CMO of Dunkin' Donuts, like all of these people came in as executives with like little old me. And I'm sitting around the conference table with these right. guys right. talking like I know anything. Right. right? It, it's just you're I what I call the millennial man. Yeah, When you're just like a, a kid that has all this information, but doesn't have experience. I call that the millennial. Exactly. Man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, I'm embarrassed about it in retrospect. Now I got to call I, it the Z-Man. That's the Z-Man, right? Gen Z is the Z-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think there were a lot of things that we were avoiding, you know, avoiding really tough conversations when we probably should have had them. We were uh, candidly buying some customers, not really selling them. So they weren't really bought in at a, at a core level. And we were growing so quickly. We stopped vetting people, not just for expertise, but for culture, just mm -hmm. because we needed warm bodies. And so that all kind of climaxed in that one moment and the entire thing started to fall apart. Um, corresponding with the housing market collapse. So it was a bad market time in general. And so we must be I, almost the same age. What year were you born in? 82. You? Okay. Yeah. 81. So there you go. So there you go. We, we yeah. kind of went down a year apart with the mortgage crisis. <laughs> there you go, man. Tough times, tough times. And all that was obviously predetermined by the government, but this isn't really a political show. So whatever. Right. We, but we we'll, had we'll fun. save that for a follow-on yeah, podcast, yeah, we had perhaps. Fun. That's fine. And we learned from it, right? So, all right. So what, yeah. so what'd you learn from it? I mean, how long did it take you to get back on your feet? Well, the problem was I didn't learn from it fast enough. I, I mm. kept up this facade of success Yikes. where, uh, mm. like I just wasn't willing to go through the discomfort of telling my friends I didn't have any income anymore. So, you know, for a while mm. I kept going to these I expensive to dinners with millionaires. And after a while I can't afford rent anymore. Ooh, um, I've got bills piling up. Like I needed a job 
but it, I was just too like shame stricken to tell anybody or to apply. Damn. Like I was paralyzed by it. Oh man. And that was all in San Francisco. You said in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Interesting. Um, so, so we that, that, to answer made, your question, that added insult to injury. Right. And to answer your question, it took years, like years where I kind of scrapped myself together, tried to keep this facade up until I totally collapsed and uh, end up at my parents' house with no money. Girlfriend breaks up with me. Classic. Uh, no job. Like literally and, and nothing okay, so what, going. How old are you at this point? How are you at that point? I just turned 40. Oh, Back, no, when back you went then. To, when, yeah, when so you broke I'm, the book up, I'm early, early 30s, like 31, 32, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a big. Yeah. See, it, for me, it happened different. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, having to move in to your parents' house in your early 30s just isn't a good look. No, it's bad. I yeah. did it when I was 27, uh, but it didn't last real long. But it, I ended yeah. up like um, getting sober, going to rehab from like drugs yeah. and alcohol. So that actually helped me kind of get there a little faster, you know, because yeah. like that, that'll, that'll wake you up in the morning. And so that yeah. was a, that was a wake up call that I couldn't really hide. And so mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, this, and that, but that was one of the best things that ever happened to me, you know? And I'm, it sounds like yeah. your bottom kind of was being a grown ass man, going back to your parents' house, among other things, you know? Yeah. Like, and, you know. and same as you, I look at it and I'm like, awful, the worst, darkest yeah. times i've ever had in my life where I, I don't know how it was for you in that time but i'm thinking, oh my like, god do, do i, I want to go on enemy. yeah yeah exactly like what's the point of even living like should i off myself no trust me all the all that yeah. is part of it and yeah it's it's crazy because it's so ridiculous how much at the time we put into believing that like this is reality like 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 right. like the failure we were having has anything to do with true reality anyway exactly it's crazy it doesn't it doesn't occur like that right it wasn't no, like oh no. i feel like i'm a failure right, right now yeah like, you weren't you weren't just like you know what steve Jobs said that any failure is an opportunity so this is a yeah. good thing i'm gonna step into this yeah like like as if that's what it is or you right. listen to some bullshit podcast with two guys talking about hunting discomfort and then all of a sudden you were <laughs> like oh that that's how you do it so if you're listening now and your life is shit like just so you know you got another 10 years to go <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I think just I could kidding, have probably cut that now. decade far shorter had right? I been willing to go into those darker parts of myself, that fear, the shame, yep. the embarrassment, the anger, uh, the grief. Uh, I can't tell you the depths of the grief I had about it, wow. you know, connected to all sorts of other things in my life. But until I started mm -hmm. to go into those things, it was it was paralyzing for me. And, um, you know, I was I was going to say. I look at it now as one of the greatest things to ever happen to me in my life because 100%. You, you know, take a page out of your book. I, I found my why, or at least that was the beginning yeah. of finding that's why right. I'm here. Yeah. That, and that, that's where it starts. And then, but from yeah. there, what I learned and, and when you read more than one page of, of the book, you realize it's actually, <laughs> there's plenty of books about finding your why. As I was actually yeah. talking to Greg Shining about this, he's like, you know, yeah. you, I know, you know, you talk a lot about the why and finding your why, but I'm all about the what. And I'm like, well, yeah, so am I. I mean, the book's actually about how to make your why a reality. Figuring out what your yeah. why is, is like, okay, we can do that in one night. Making that yeah. a reality, mastering it, you know, a, making that a, an everyday part of your life. That's a whole nother story. So, and that's really where, where, where the rubber meets the road. And you have, you have to have lived it. You have to experience it to be able to even talk about it. Right. So you had to have totally. the last 10 years to be able to talk about it. Exactly. And I, I would say just to kind of build on what you're saying is you, you need the how, 
But I think you also need to be willing to get the discomfort out of the way that's in the way of you realizing that why. Well, because that's the motivation. And, Nobody does this. So first of all, it's work. It's yeah. hard work and it's an inside job. And nobody wants to do the work. Like, I mean, I was, a, you know, I've, I've been, I still am sober 14 years later. I've done a lot of work yeah. with 12-step organizations and things like that. And and, I, and it's an everyday process for me. And the fact is, yeah. is it's, it is work. The stuff that actually gets me freedom, gets me happiness, peace, whatever it is internally I need to be able to be what I uh, step into what yep. I want to be or need to be or whatever. All that is work. And the thing is, you're not going to, yeah. you won't do that work unless you're desperate. You have to get desperate to be, to have motivation to even do the work we're talking about. Otherwise people would just be like, well, this is, this is too much work. This is too hard. It's uncomfortable emotionally, physically, everything else. And so that's yeah. really what it boils down to is that you have to hit a bottom to get desperate enough to do this. You know, otherwise you can just never hit a bottom, but you always are going to live in the middle. So if right. you're on this podcast, you're talking to you, you're going to your talks, going to my talks, and, and you you, inept, you want more, right? But you may right. not want to hear what we have to say. You really might not. Right. And I, I think once you see that, you know, life kind of forces you into that box where you hit rock bottom. Now you've got the tools or really what no matter what is, is a system to build the box yourself so you don't have to hit rock bottom. It's, I'd like to think about it. It's either discomfort by default. Or yes. discomfort by design. Like you don't well, get an option whether or not you want to feel it. That's right. Well, the, the thing is, so the so here's the deal. The the bottom yeah. doesn't have to be your company, right? It doesn't right. have right, right. to be your marriage. It can be for me, for me, it was. It was both. It doesn't have yeah. to be getting sober. It was that too. I've gone through all of those. I mean, I've been through so yeah. many of them. And and it's but I've learned along the way how to like raise the bottom. So you basically exactly. keep raising the bottom to where it's not, you don't have it doesn't have to be so extreme. Because you're yeah. learning from it and things like that. And that's the beauty of, of, you know, going through this process is that some people that can take direction without yeah. going to bottom, you definitely don't have to. You don't have to. If you're inspired enough and don't want to, then yeah. But you, but it's better to expect it. And as you say, hunt it or lean yeah. into it. It is, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's actually what's interesting about your thing. And I don't, I, I actually, I didn't get to hear your whole talk and I have not yeah. obviously read your book. When's your book come out? It's already out. It's been out for it's a month. Out. Oh, there you go. See, I should have known that. And and your publishers amplify? Uh, no, Wonderwell Publishing out of LA. Wonderwell. Okay, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just figured because you were on that group text with with Naren that you uh you were no Naren uh, Naren's a good friend friends? of mine. Yeah, um, that's cool. But before I met him, I was doing some things with Wonderwell. So this you know a book's in the works for a long time before it actually comes out. Oh, you're telling me? I started in yeah. 20, 2012 <laughs> and put out my first book in twenty sixteen. And then I started yeah. breaking why in 2020 and was able to narrow that down to two years. And it was 2022 yeah. in February it came out, but yeah, uh, you, you got to just kind of narrow Same it down. Way. Yeah. My next one, I actually, from this last talk about inauthentic existence, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's going to be my next book because the amount of work I've kind of put into that, it, it just, it's the natural evolution of it. But you know, yeah. the, the biggest thing that, that I've learned from, from all of this stuff is that um, when you lean into it, the discomfort, it's actually more comfortable. It's actually, yeah. it, you actually end up with the easier, softer way, as we say, um, yeah. even though it seems like it's the harder way, it's actually easier um, yep. because you're, you, you can avoid so many things that you just can't see yet, but that yeah. are coming. I mean, you, you described hunting discomfort. I mean, it's, it's getting out of the way, what's in the way of you using the tools, the knowledge, uh, the resources that you already have. And, you know, I found this great research at the University of Michigan, and they were studying discomfort of all things, right? Mm -hmm. 
and they were scanning people's brains and their bodies as they were going through discomfort. All kinds, physical, mental, emotional, physical, like you stub a toe, emotional, like you're scared to speak in public, whatever it is. Yeah. And they found that no matter what kind of discomfort you experience, the body and brain process it almost identically. So much so, by the way, you can take acetaminophen like Advil for emotional pain. I'm not a doctor. I don't suggest you do that. But what we can do is take that next step and say, okay, Dude. if where we meet discomfort is the same anywhere, we can grow our capacity to deal with it everywhere. It's a muscle we build. You go to the gym to build your biceps. If you want yeah. to build your courage, your resilience, your breakthrough results, you hunt discomfort. There's just no other way. Yeah. Interesting. And you, and I, I think it's interesting you said that because I have actually noticed that. Like sometimes when I, I've had um, a physical pain like in my chest and yeah. I, I traditionally just assume it's like stress or something like that. And I, yeah. I have taken Advil for that before and it goes away. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of weird because I've, it, it's a pain that I just assumed was physical. Now yeah. I'm not sure. I don't even know if it was or not, but it, it's weird because I normally would take it for like a headache, not so yeah. much like something that feels like stress. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it, you know, if Advil, if you're listening, uh, either one of us would be great for uh, promoting your, your product. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's right. fine. You Sponsored by Advil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you know, Advil has not gone on board yet. But if you know someone in Advil, hit me up. So, right. uh, but anyway. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. So what would you say for you? All right. So are you full time now in, in like thought leadership keynote and that, or do you still do yeah. some, some other businesses? I have been for a couple of years. That's I, awesome. And it's not just keynotes. We're doing workshops uh, behind the scenes coaching. with companies as with individuals. No, I wouldn't say coaching per se, okay. but really working with companies to shift their culture from like a default doesn't matter culture to an intentional, inspiring, no matter what culture. And, nice. and that's what we're doing with companies. And that's great. So you know, it's more like workshops, leadership. group settings. Cause when you say no coaching, yeah. obviously it's, it's like coaching, but it's not what you think of coaching as one-on-one. Right. Like it's not yeah. somebody calls yeah. me up and, and I, says, Sterling, I need help with this. It's more exactly. like my company's dealing with that. That's awesome. And then, so yeah. you're doing a, a lot of workshops and then trying to do probably more of like the big stage keynotes. I.e., like exactly. filming and whatnot. Cool. That's exactly, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I could tell like there were a couple of people, you and, and a couple of other speakers uh, this week in Detroit that felt like, you know, they were obviously already in the in the game, but yeah. just wanted wanted some new footage or wanted some fresh footage, um, which is awesome. So, yeah, well, yeah. that's great, man. That's exactly where I'm at. And and by the way, I don't know if I said this on the stage or you, you saw this somewhere about me, but speaking in public used to be the thing that scared me more than anything. It was the scariest right? thing in the world to me. Yeah. 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 I, I'm one of the many that would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. I always love that Seinfeld line. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because um, th that's, I think that's true for many people. I think that that might be the number one fear of people yeah. is like speaking in public, which is crazy. I think and it, it is. It's something that you, you, we all have that. I don't care if you're outspoken or out, you know, an introvert or an extrovert, uh, an extrovert, not extrovert. Yeah. Uh, you know, either way, uh, it doesn't <laughs> I matter. What you meant. Yeah. Well, when I found out that some of the greatest keynote speakers are introverts, I was like, wait, what? Because I think yeah. everybody just assumes, oh, you're loud. You like to talk to people. I like to meet people. That means you're a great speaker or that means you, you, you make sense for doing that. It's like, nope, not the case. And it's cool yeah. because it, once what we've learned is that there are certain things that as an introvert, we maybe have to step into to be a speaker. But as an extrovert, there's things we need to step down from to be a great speaker. Yeah. I, I think you know the best speakers are, are pretty um 
introspective. Like they think a lot yeah. about themselves, how they interact with the world. Like anybody can pull a bunch of information from a book, but the best speakers are ones that have really embodied that information yes. and use it and change and themselves and those around them. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have days where I'm like, man, I wonder if I should be doing different content. I mean, I wonder if yeah. I, I mean, if I could crush it more, if I was just talking about tech or I was talking about yeah. things that are true to me, but like, they're not, it's not at the same level. And I think right. that, that the idea is that like, I have to lean into whatever is my deepest option and my deepest purpose. 100%. Um, otherwise it's not, we're not going to get, we're not going to get it across. Cause ultimately I'm assuming you do it for a similar reason. I do it. And mm -hmm. that's actually to help people like yeah. that connection of helping people. Like we could get paid doing a lot of things. Right. Yeah. But we're choosing to do this stuff because we are our tr highest, highest passion we're now using as a purpose, which is to connect with people and help others. And right. I, find, I think that's the same for all of us, you know? I, I think so. And I, I've distilled mine down into like, what's most important to me is that people live courageously. Why? Because mm -hmm. I spent so many years not, and I yeah. know the tremendous amount of pain and suffering that went with that. So if I can say a couple of things on a stage or in a workshop that shifts somebody, e even just 1%, they're going to end up in a totally different and way better trajectory a year, not to mention 10 years. Down exactly. the line. And that that's what it's about. Well, and it's ironic because like one of my pillars, like the fourth pillar in, in authentic existence is don't flinch. Right. And the whole thing yeah. is about leaning into courage. Even when you have fear, you're going to yeah. have fear. You're going to have discomfort, lean into it. Don't flinch. So yeah. that's kind of my, my hashtag is don't flinch, which I think is kind of similar. Love it. We got to get hashtag. that up behind you somewhere. Yeah. So we'll put it in post-production, but you know, the, the biggest thing <laughs> that I found in this whole process that's been wild for me. And I've had yeah. to actually lean into this because it's been one of my discomforts. Truth yeah. be told is the fact that I'll talk with someone like yourself. We, we never met till two days ago yeah. and you, you clearly, we didn't coordinate our content by any means. And yet yeah. there we are like saying very similar truths. Yeah. And there's two ways to look at this. You can look at it as like, Oh, everybody's already saying it. So I'm just going to not worry about it. Or you can look at it as that's a confirmation that it is in fact truth. Because the fact yeah. is, is that you, when you, those consistencies that that go throughout humanity, those consistencies that go throughout history, those consistencies yeah. that are that are there every time you talk to someone who's been through it and has been successful, like those, the fact that we could all tell each other's talk, like you right. got to look at that. You got to look at that and, and not look at it as a, as a negative thing, but like actually a positive uh, reinforcement of that. This is actually what needs to happen. And and yeah. what what it is, what it really boils down to is this: the information we're giving is completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. It's only relevant when I do the work to create my own experience in it that it becomes yeah. real. And so, like, yeah. if I don't, the thing is, all the information until you do it is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. What we believe, what right. we think, everybody, you know, I don't know if I agree with this thing to grow rich thing. I think it's, yeah. I think you got to do some things to grow rich, right? You got to have a good perspective yeah. and all that. But like, if I just think to grow rich and I don't do anything, if I just believe a certain way, but I don't do anything, if I just, you know, feel a certain way, and don't do anything. Yeah. It all comes down to action. And, and it's it's not easy. But but that's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they had these most everything we're talking about today from a leadership, innovation, growth perspective, it was sorted out in, in ancient Greece. Yeah. And it, it and we still we being humanity still haven't learned. I found this yes. Norwegian study that I thought was really cool, which was um, I'll put it in my words, which is okay. discomfort stops you from acting in accordance with the knowledge that you already had. They were actually doing a health study and pretty much everybody can tell you the basics of how you get healthy, you know, some combination of moving more and eating less. Even though these people knew this, 
it was the discomfort of confronting things about their past, their current situation, their bank account, their business, their relationship, whatever it may have been, that left them unable to act with the things that they knew they nice. needed to do. And so when you, you know, that's why I'm so like obsessed with this discomfort idea, because when you get into that, you start building your discomfort muscle, you're free. Not free based on circumstances, not free because now you've made a million dollars or you live in the house you want or you married your, your dream spouse. You're free based on only yourself. And that's the only true kind of freedom there is. Yeah, it's basically an inside job. It's, and it's, it, it's yeah. amazing to me. Um, so you're saying this was a study that was done like thousands of years ago by Greek? Greeks? Uh, no, 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 no. no. This, this is a more recent study. I'm saying they had this stuff figured out in, in ancient Greece. Oh, oh, in general, you're saying it was general, just figured out in right. Greece. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah. and that's the thing is that like I, I like that you that you were able to pull that together. That's great. That the discomfort actually stops you from using the knowledge, basically. Yeah, right. that and that that completely checks out. And that and when we can lean into that, and a lot of times we don't until we're forced to. And so right. this is and about I, what what would happen if I wasn't forced to, or if you're in a spot right now and you are feeling forced or desperate, what what's the okay. Great. I, I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready. Yeah. What do I do? And so, all right. And, and, and I think that for us, it's, it's about like being able to be there for that moment because not yeah. everybody in the audience or, or listening to this podcast is, is in this spot. Maybe they used to be in the spot and this is just an encouragement. Maybe right. they're, they're about to be in the spot, but if they are right for that percentage, that is, I think that's what, that's what it's about. It's about whether they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're seeing me talk or they're seeing you talk or seeing somebody else talk or, or whatever's inspiring and they watch something. There's a, there's so many things that kind of lead into that moment. And there, there there's, and I, what I like about the guys uh, that I've met on, in this new business of speaking and things like that yeah. is that they, they kept reinforcing something that I was like thinking um, I was worried about. Right. And that's mm -hmm. the, like, do they really need another guy talking about this stuff? Do we really need another <laughs> book like this? Right. You know? And yeah. the fact is, is that like, yes, because there's 7 billion people and like there's there's plenty of opportunity to connect with whoever I'm meant to connect with. And like. That's good. And worst case scenario, what happens? You, you connect with some people that already know. Right. Well, and I think there's a lot of depth and nuance to what you're talking about that is worth exploring with you know, different people like this conversation, mm -hmm. folks you're working with, maybe people that have an entirely different line of thinking, like to get into some deep um, and maybe even conflicted conversation about that, I think would be the most fun thing, especially if nobody takes offense, right? Because you know things in a different way than I know things. And it's in that conversation that, that might be a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to uncover a deeper truth, maybe not like the truth, but a right. better truth than either one of us has as an individual. I like that. Yeah, because I think the value that everyone brings to the table, no matter who they are, is that it's their own individual experience right? as a human. That right. Everyone's human experience is what makes it unique, no matter if they're doing the exact same action, no matter if they think the same thoughts and feel the same ways. They're not really the same. And it's a different experience for each of us. And, and to, to be able to like appreciate that person's individual experiences as opposed to just trying to be someone who changes people's experience yeah. to match theirs. Yeah. That's a big deal. That it took me yeah. a long time to learn, you know, but first uh, for a long time, I thought I've got the answers. I've got all this experience and I, I need to be able to just get people onto my way of thinking. Yeah. And that's not how they're going to have an experience. You know, no, it's not, it's no. only sharing my experience and then that experience resonating with them and their experiences possibly that anything really can get anywhere.
Yeah, totally. And, and listening to what their experience is, like, why do they think that way? Like, what what perspective do they have on this particular issue, be it discomfort or or anything else? And yeah. I think to your earlier point, when you find something that is really deeply important to you, I think about it as like finding something that's written in your heart or in your soul. Yeah, that that is your mission in life. And anything else that's um, taking away from that is a, is a distraction. Now, I'm not saying quit your job and sell your house and do whatever is in your heart. I think it it's really an excavation to sort out what that is and start taking steps towards living true to it. I love it. Okay. So before I let you go, I want you yeah. to tell, tell me and the people watching and listening, what, what would you say is one like life hack that you've used to harness strategic emotions? You know, my yeah. whole second book was about, you know, how to hack and rebuild strategic emotions for authentic success. Right. Yeah. And that's almost, you know, could be the same su su sub line of your, your book. Right. And so w yeah. what's one hack everyday people watching and listening, they could take away um, to really kind of, you know, affect their life and maybe their work as well, or both. What's a hack they could use to just to one thing? Do one thing every day, no matter what. And it doesn't have to be the same thing. You know, one day it could be a cold bath. The next day it's call your mother. The next day it's, you know, make a cold call. I don't care what it is, but one okay. thing a day. And what you'll do is when you live true to at least doing one thing, that one thing you said you would do every day, you start to build that muscle of giving you the, the courage, the confidence, the resilience, whatever you want to call it, to get things done in a non-circumstantial way. Now, um, you say one uncomfortable thing? Is it, is it part I, of the discomfort? If, it's, it's extra credit if it's uncomfortable. But I'll leave okay. it to the world to make that one thing a day you tell yourself you're going to do. The, the world will come up with ways to stop you. And when do we tell ourselves? That'll be the it, discomfort. Is, yeah. So is this something we tell ourselves like the day before or like maybe in the morning when we wake up? When, the, when's the night a good time before to tell the morning, but, okay. but make it and, and write it down somewhere. So at the right. end of the day, you're calling it a night. You either did it or you didn't do it. Yeah, see, I didn't keep do some it, notes. Like yeah, don't, I, don't harpoon yourself, but just take note. I did it again. I, I missed my no matter what yeah. today. I'm not going to do that tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah. I, I use the notes on my phone actually to give me a running two weeks schedule right and so like and, and it has nice. little check boxes and i'll check it as i go and then if yeah. i didn't get it done i'll put it there but I, it's funny I've, I'm kind of already doing that myself but cool. i i every morning i well so every week i, I like on sunday i yeah. i get rid of the last week and, and create the, the the week that's going to come after this week right so i have just like this little yeah. system going but every morning when i the first thing i do when i wake up go have a cup of coffee kind of do some meditation and then from there i'm looking at that list yeah. Um, so, so that's actually interesting. I didn't even think of it as the muscle. I do like the uncomfortable thing though, you know, cause the truth is there's yeah. whatever's on that list usually is something that's uncomfortable because the Probably. other stuff, the stuff that I'm comfortable with, I'm automatically doing. Yeah. You know, I like to think about it. your results aren't determined by how much money you have, how hard you work, who, you know, it's determined by the discomfort that you're avoiding. And when you summon <sighs> some courage to do something, no matter what, that's, what's going to progress you forward. Like anybody can sit there at a list or reschedule things or respond to like no right. nonsense emails. Um, it, it takes to your earlier point, 
really taking some actions in the direction that probably feels a little uncomfortable for you. Right. And that's not all the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody not coming, not all the stuff coming at me that I'm reacting to. That's like part of my everyday living, my right. job, my spouse, all my kids, not that yeah. stuff. Right. It's the stuff that like goes beyond that, that you're working towards that will not happen unless right. you make it happen. Right. right. It will it, not happen unless you're inspired to do something greater than what you're already doing. And it's not yeah. easy. No. And I would almost say it's the automatic to avoid the discomfort. I don't know how it is for you, but I get up in the morning and sometimes I hit the snooze button like I'm avoiding the discomfort of getting out of bed. And then I have a, co mm -hmm. a coffee to avoid the discomfort of being tired. And then I look at the stairs in my building and then I promptly take the elevator. Your default yeah. almost always will be to yes. avoid discomfort. So it really Easier takes stepping back daily, mm -hmm. moment by moment to say, am I choosing the easy path that gave me the results that I already have? Or am I taking a step towards something new here, as uncomfortable as it might be? Love it. Hunting discomfort, no matter what. All right. So that's right. That, there I'll have it is, to send right you there. a copy. Yeah, please do. And 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 if you send me, uh, I don't think I've sent you a book, so send me your address and I'll, I'll send you one. But uh, awesome. awesome being having you on the show. So I'm guessing you're on everything, but mostly TikTok, right? Is, is TikTok your Huge big TikTok. Jam? You know what? In the next two weeks, I'm going to have my first TikTok video. Okay. That for I want to what. see that. Yeah, get, get me a little TikTok. Yeah. That'll be your discomfort. Get That's a TikTok. Right. But obviously, in the meantime, you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all that fun stuff, online, YouTube, right? That's right. Yeah. Did, did you buy your name? Find... Do you have your name for your website? Is it sterlinghawkins.com? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, you <laughs> yeah, say it for somebody to took my, my name. Stuff. I have Frankie Dash Russo. You know what I'm saying? I'm oh, actually somebody trying to else has negotiate the, yeah. with the terrorists to buy my own name. But congratulations on getting your own name. Without having Thank it you. be a big deal. So anyway, sterlinghawkins.com. That's where I can you know, find it all, right? And get plugged into it all. And that's do you right. have a podcast yet? Are you doing that whole deal or not quite I yet? Don't. I don't. I did a quick um, like limited run podcast during the pandemic where I talked to okay. people climbing Everest and Top Gun pilots and all that stuff, but not nice. at the moment. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to keep an eye out for you. But man, thanks so much for having me on the show. And uh, this yeah. is going to be uh, great for everybody to get to continue to watch and learn from. Thanks for having me on, brother. Good to see you. You too, buddy. Talk to you soon.